Minnesota Vikings fans, welcome back to the Purple People Eaters podcast. He's Aaron. I'm Chris. And we're here to talk about another victory by the Vikings on Thanksgiving. I think we moved to like 8-2 or something on Thanksgiving. 8-3, something like that. But either way, you know, coming off just a complete ass whooping. It sure was nice to secure a home win. Can't be losing back-to-back games at home, so they did get the job done. And uh, usually in the primetime game, we know the stats and all that, even before Cousins got here, but especially when Kirk's here. Um, that was nice, too, just to get the dub. And it, I'll tell you what, Sunday was real easy. Didn't have to worry about anything, no, no nervousness, no, oh, shit, what's going on? Just got to sit back and enjoy the day because we already knew our Vikings had the dub. So we are going to recap. We're not going to go play-by-play and all that just because it was Thursday. So we'll we'll talk a little bit about the game and stuff like that, of course, as far as, you know, tribes and all that. But we're, we're probably just going to break down kind of our thoughts in general. And, then of course, we have to preview and predict uh, the Jets game at home, which is – a really close game on the paper, according to Vegas. And uh, all of a sudden, it looks like they got a juggernaut on offense over there with a new starting quarterback. So this one's going to be interesting, no doubt about it. Hopefully, you know, Derisaw and even Tomlinson can come back. Nice bounce back from the offensive line. Got to give them credit considering what happened, especially even the last couple of weeks for them to limit what is a really good Patriots defense? That was pretty dope. So we're going to preview and predict that game. And then, of course, per usual, if you've listened to the show, you know we do a Gophers football segment. And, yes, Minnesota football fans, we got a double dip. Getting the dub on Thanksgiving and then bringing home the axe. So we'll kind of talk about that game, talk about the young redshirt freshman who, uh, you know, threw for 300 yards in a rivalry game. That doesn't happen much. Um, and just kind of an overlook of the season and, and what to look for next year. Still got a bowl game, of course. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll wrap it all up then. If this is your first time listening to this year Vikings podcast, the Purple People Eaters, uh, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope and dope radio. However, you don't have to go to blog talk and rope it open, download the show there or listen to the browser. There's a variety of places you can find it um, under the rope and dope radio platform. You got on Apple podcast, iHeartRadio, player FM, um, Stitcher, Google podcast, tune in uh, Amazon music. We also have the living in Loserville podcast there on the Spricker page. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegroomingtruth.com and Sports News 24. One more thing. If you're thinking about cutting the cord or you're happy, not quite happy, I got something for you. It's called DirecTV Stream for a limited time only. The prices start as low as $49.99 a month for two months. If you decide to go with the choice or ultimate package, that gives you a savings of 160 months or $160, excuse me, for three months of Showtime, Stars, Cinemax, and Epics. It's the best of live TV and on-demand. No annual contracts. No hidden fees. If you could, uh, plus you get to enjoy regional sports networks. That's Direct TV Stream. Okay, let's bring in the co-host here, Aaron. And uh, man, it feels good to get some of that bad taste, you know, out of the out of the mouth of that Dallas, especially at home. Just that ass whooping to come back on a short week, 
knowing we were, you know, without Derrissaw and whatnot, and, and just to get the dub, and then to get a couple of days rest for some of these banged up guys we got, it just was a big winner. It seemed to make a lot of difference. Like you said, a short week to get the taste out of your mouth of a thorough ass kicking, uh, which is still kind of inexplicable how that happened. I think we went over it a little bit last week, uh, just, you know, the letdown or whatnot. But to come back and bounce back after, uh, after that and come out and play offensively pretty well, defensive, we'll, we'll see how that goes. It wasn't great defensive performance, but enough, uh, to win. And, uh, yeah, it's good to have two wins on the docket to talk about this week. Yes, sir. And, uh, we got back to our, uh, not just our winning ways, but got back to the first drive going for a TD, of course. Um, Jefferson hung on with a, a couple hits in this game, um, made a nice grab, you know, had a, I mean, Mund had something, Thielen had something, um, all, I think all three of those completions were on first down too. I like that's how we um, came out, you know, in that early drive, just in the first half as well, just, you know, 16 to six. Yes. It should have been 17 to six. We know what happened there, but you know, we were kind of getting away from the run a little too much and wasn't overly effective, but still to have 16 carries in the first half, uh, we threw the ball technically 22 times because Jefferson did complete a pass, so 18 and 22. We were spreading the ball around. This is Thielen's, it's probably his best game of the year. Now on the flip side, you know, giving up not much rush throughout the game, especially early, but they were passing the ball in a sense at will compared, you know, considering how they were coming into the week. But, you know, sit that seven, I just said it, sit that 17, 16, sit that 16, 16. Uh, you know, I felt pretty good overall uh, beyond the defense, but I thought, okay, man, hey, we're in this game, and when we're in games, we got a shot to win this year. That's how it seems to work. Um, and like you said, 16-16 wasn't a terrible thing. It seems like we were taking shots and giving shots back. I like what you said about the run game. You know, they kept going to it. It wasn't that successful thought maybe you could have done a few things uh, other than that. Like, our, for instance, our screen game is horrible. We need to work on that. I just don't think I've seen a successful oh. screen this season. Uh, it's just been a mess the whole year. Uh, and generally, that's a pretty big part of our offense. Now, I know we have a new offensive coordinator and all that, but a screen is a screen is a screen. And you should be able to run it. They've got enough experience. They've done it for three or four years. Nonetheless, I digress on the screen passes. Uh, but yeah, running the ball, getting the ball in space to cook. I just think he had a really rough night. Everybody's saying, you know, this and that about him. I just don't know. It's been, you know, he didn't look himself. He might be a little tagged up with an ankle or something. But, yeah, run game wasn't there. But, uh, you know, they managed to stay in the game. Uh, Kirk with some nice throws, some great catches, and this was enough. And 16-16 at this point, at this point in the season, uh, you're definitely not too worried about a, a tied game. Yeah, and I think they they put that stat up since NFL or in the NFL the most in the NFL since 2018. All 12 scores have either given the team the lead or tied the game during that game. So, you know, what do you know? And another thing is just winning these games that like we have this year. Here's another one. This is from Ulta uh, Stats. So it says tonight the Patriots scored 25 plus points. 
had 400 uh, plus total yards, outgained their opponent, completed 70% of their passes, had uh, 60 penalties or less, or yards, I should say, um, no turnovers, and did not miss a field goal. Okay? So NFL teams in the Super Bowl era, under those circumstances, are 170 and 0. <laughs> you knew it was a tight game and all that while it was going on. But when they flashed that stat, I was like, holy shit, dude. Uh, but, yes, I agree. Uh, right now, we, we I, the only one I could think of as far as uh, the play action was that, that I want to say it was either Cook. I think it was Cook, but we threw a screen. Maybe it wasn't Cook. But we threw a screen near the end zone. This was, uh, seems like years ago, uh, months ago, because it was. But there was a touchdown on that one. Uh, maybe that was Madsen, but yeah, th- you're right. The screen game, it's like you almost want to throw it out. And then on the flip side, you know, Stevenson's popping for, you know, 45 yard pickup up their screen. So it is, it is a little, you know, a little rough. And, and on defense, and we're talking about the offense a lot, a lot. It's just the refusal to blitz is just crazy. I mean, coming into this game, you look at Jones, especially against the blitz. He was horrible, and it did, it seemed like when we did get some pressure, when we did blitz, boom, hey, what do you know we got to him? But that, the string game, and then, which we, I think we've only had one successful with TJ, and that was last week or the week before, I couldn't remember. We finally got one to him. But, yeah, we got to workshop that stuff, and we should probably put that stuff away for a while. Um, because that was rough. But, yeah, defensively, dude, I mean, there was a moment there where they're about – I think they scored four, five straight drives. And there was a moment in that game, late in the game, and this is Will Raggetts, I think, for SI. He said that, you know, the Vikings – he tweeted this. The Vikings defense has allowed points on 13 of the last 16 drives. And one of them, you know, was in garbage time with Cooper Rush, although he won a game, you know, last year or whatever against us. But – I mean, as this game went on, they came right out, had a nice, you know, um, a nice drive, got up. Henry freaking broke like two or three tackles on that that drive, that 51-yard touchdown. We're going to give them some props later, but the defense, man, it really was giving me 2021 vibes, man. It was. I, I tweeted out as well at Ancient Antics on Twitter for a follow uh, Patriots score on six of seven possession. And then I put them there's last week and, and the, the scheme's not working. And that was mid game, a little bit knee jerk on the scheme's not working thing, but you know, we haven't given up just an enormous amount of scoring drives and, you know, bend, but don't break is a, is a thing, but at the same time, you know, a multiple field goals is a, is a break. Do they count as a break? Um, I don't know, but, it just seems like, like you said, the pressure is the thing there, not blitzing. Um, I understand the not wanting to blitz, but you got to be able to get home with four. If you can't, then you have to blitz. And like you even said, uh, the times he did decide to blitz towards the end of the game were successful. Um, and maybe it was the element of surprise. Maybe it was something else. But we've got to find a way to get pressure. We've got Sedarius, but I don't think he's 100%. And, and Hunter's coming through a little bit, but. I think what we lack is Delvin Tomlinson and an inside pressure, uh, so they can't keep doubling and chipping the outside guys. Uh, and then maybe you get some pressure with four. Uh, we began the season with pressure with four, but we're not getting it now. 
for whatever reason. Um, and we need to have it. So if you got to blitz a little bit, I think you got vets enough where you can blitz. Um, now you don't want to go blitzing Rogers, you know, often or Brady right, often or these guys that know exactly but what these to guys do to are blitz. facing, right? These are the right. guys you want to blitz. You want to face fields? Go ahead and blitz them. You know, uh, he's a tough one because he might run, but. Uh, you know what I'm saying, though. You know, guys with yeah. less experience and haven't seen everything, you could probably get away with blitzing. I, you know what, Chris, defensively this season, I've really tried to be as open-minded as possible to try to figure out, okay, I get the scheme. I understand what's going on. You know, I just haven't gotten there yet. Now we're beyond midseason, and I think those guys are out there doing their best. I just don't know. I can't make sense of it. Now, I know it's 3-4. I understand how that works, but I don't understand the off coverage from the corners. I understand it at times, but I don't understand why it's always the off coverage from the corners. I don't understand a lot of what's going on with the two safeties. There's a lot of disguising going on, but it just hasn't clicked for me in my brain of exactly what Donatel's doing defensively. I don't know what to expect, what not to expect. It's just kind of been like, eh, you know, I just, I can't figure out. Let's, let's hope we stop someone, you know, or someone makes a play. I just haven't seen anything to really grab onto yet. Now, obviously, we're surviving these games offensively, scoring more points than the opposition. But I'm a little worried about the scheme. I just don't really understand exactly what its goal is or or, or what its identity is might be a better way of saying it. And I just – it's starting to get shaky. We're getting down to the stretch run here and into the playoffs, and i, I got to kind of feel better about this defense at some point, don't you? I mean, you just have to – try to rationalize it some way. Yeah, especially when it was against, you know, comes against a struggling-ass offense. It did seem like they were starting to cut the run a little bit and cut and get – they've never been – besides the uh, Buffalo game. And then, you know, the positive thing, 0 of 3 in the red zone. But the problem is, you know, you got a guy streaking for 51 yards who's not fast, you know. It's like, dude, like, I, that's the thing. Like you're saying, you know, the safeties are back, the corner's back. Well, that takes away the corner blitz anyway. We're used to the corner blitz with Zimmer. Um, but Kendricks, you know, the guy's a master at freaking blitzing. Uh, we got a guy named Harry, Harrison Smith. He, last time I checked, he's pretty good at blitzing. So, yeah, dude, it, it's like you got to – what your talent is, you don't have an interior rusher. Tomlinson was better. He was applying pressure considering his size and all that. But – we don't have anyone else that creates on the inside, and it is frustrating. I saw multiple people on Twitter saying this. You got Zedarius leading the league in pressures. You got a uh, 10th or 12th in pressures Hunter. But, but yet, you know, you, you're not able to get to the, the quarterback. And it, it is kind of like, hey, dude, let's let's adjust here. And, and you know, because you're not, you're not giving up the big play, right? Everything is in front of you. Well, a lot of guys are not in front of us. <laughs> You know, I mean, they're behind our guys, and they're scoring touchdowns. Or, uh, I mean, to put up 20, what was it, 26 points, and, and they didn't even score in the red zone, that just tells you how many times um, they're doing it from a distance. It's just, I agree, man. It's starting to get a little loosey-goosey. And as a, as a coach, you got to coach to your players and what they're good at. And, yeah, here and there, I think you said it right. I get it most of the time, but there's times in the game where you got to do a little bit of adjustment, and I'm, we're not seeing it as much as we want, and we can't 
get this 2021 stuff back with the defense because, yeah, we all know 2020 was worse overall, but especially in clutch moments, which they've been so good at this year, it it can get ugly pretty quick. So, yeah, I hear you, man. It's Yeah, we got three sacks, but we gave up 14 passing first downs, you know? Yeah. Um, it's just like too it, much. It, it, you know, it, it makes – Last year, defense was horrible, but you could see why. I mean, you knew what our defense was about. You knew their identity. You just knew the players weren't getting the job done. Um, and some of the calls probably from Zimmer weren't exactly the best calls in the world. But you could say, okay, we got beat on this play. This and is you could how say we, we got have beat. Hunter, you know, and right. other guys, you know, at least. But this year, it's like, okay, we're, for the most part, healthy stands Tomlinson and our cornerback. Um, and like you said, Kendricks doesn't seem to be asked to do the things he's most skilled at besides coverage. He's good at coverage. He's decent at run stop, but he's also good at blitzing, disguising, doing that stuff. I like what you said about Harrison Smith. That's he's that's a part of his game that he's very good at that you're not seeing a lot of. Now, in all fairness, Mac was getting the ball out, three-step drop. It was quick every sure. single time. So there's some fairness there, but – um, you still didn't see the runs getting stuffed, um, still getting stuff on the edge and the, you know, Donna shell giving up stuff over the middle. And now they're starting to work the outsides a little bit. I just don't understand a lot of what's going on. Now I'm going to take a step back because we're winning games. So something's going right, but, and we have been getting turnovers on the plus side. So there's that. And I'll take, Patrick Peterson's word that this he loves this defense. I'm sure he does, but you know. Uh, oh yeah, he loves it for him. You know, <laughs> I'm sure he does. Yeah, you know? right. And I he's mean, playing great, but exactly. you know. <laughs> but the rest of the squad, you know, I think Hicks, Hicks, and Kendricks are are three, four, or four, three linebackers. But I mean, Kendricks came up at UCLA with Barr in the three, four, and so he knows how to play this. It's he's got instinct in it. It just doesn't seem like. Something's not adding up, Chris. We can throw darts at the wall and try to see what we think it is, but I just don't think they've got to get it shored up somehow. I think pressure will help. I think getting your cornerback, Evans, who's rose to be a starter in this, obviously, if Cam, I don't know what his injuries did. He went out with concussion, didn't he, a while ago? Not not Cam, no. Cam okay. went on the RR for four months. Evans is the one that went out with concussion. Okay. Well, he's coming back, and he's played well. Booth. Uh, like we've talked about, Booth, we don't know. Well, we think he's coming back. There. It's not official today. Right. Well, we hope he is. I mean, Duke yeah. Shelley held up for a game against Mac Jones and the Patriots. Yeah, they're targeting um, him, but he at least he makes plays back. I'll give him that, you know? So I guess you could call it a, a break, but don't die defense. Um, <laughs> yeah. And instead it. of a bend, but don't break. <laughs> right. But yeah, it's just getting to a point. We're used to seeing for the last eight seasons, uh, even in their worst forms, we – saw an understandable defense at least and I just yeah, sometimes man, and I really just don't zone. have a clue what's going on with this one and uh, I'm trying to figure it out and I will continue to try but it's it's been a little <laughs> mysterious yeah it is and, and, and if it keeps going this way it might be a, a one and done uh, for the old uh, coordinator we'll see though he's a nice guy you know he likes to sit down and talk to his boys and you know have a good conversation uh you know the wife cooks up a nice meal for us, and we like to sit down and talk about our lives. Yeah, but, he really uh, likes how this team's working together. 
Yeah, you got to love up on each always other. talking about that. Love up on each everybody's other. Everybody's on each other, and it's great. But yeah, and I love his interviews because just like old football coach style. Right. But yeah. But hey, man. Off season, go fishing with the guys. Cool, man. You know, go hunting. Hunt season, just start go hunting with them. That's fine. Maybe you got a couple off days here. You went hunting with them. That's great. But we need something on the field. You know, because <laughs> like you said, if you look at the red zone ranking, even in 2020 and 2021 where the defenses were not on the par from 2015 to 2019. Um, and, of course, a lot of that had to do with injury. But still, they'd find a way to be damn good in the red zone or at least top ten. Um, on the positive side, um, Jefferson now through, through you know, three seasons passed Randy Moss uh, for most yards. Odell was third. Um, and as we know, we still have six games left, so that's going to be a tough one and uh, to, to top. It really is. Yeah, we're in the passing area, but it's going to be tough. And Chase is a guy that looked like he would be able to do that, but now, you know, knock on wood that he's healthy and stuff, but it doesn't look like just missing this time that he's going to be able to catch it. And it took Jefferson 44 career games to Moss's 48, but, of course, that comes down to he didn't – you know, I love me some Thielen, but he's not Chris Carter. And also, you know, we weren't chucking the ball as many times as we, you know, even even then we still had Robert Smith, and he was still going for, you know, quite a, a lot of yards and, and that type of thing. But Jefferson, you know, those those catches he made, both of them, that where he got, you know, he got hit was really, you know, really damn good, just showing what he's worth. And he's just not a big guy. He's not even 200 pounds, but it just doesn't matter. He's just a natural guy that put in a lot of work at his route running. And uh, it's so funny, you know, like if you look at that, uh, the Buffalo game and this game and the 50-50 balls, up until this in his career, that's the only really weakness you can point out to say, if he gets better at that, man, watch out. And here we are. (laughs) Three weeks later, (laughs) he's getting a lot better at it, dude, and he's getting that mentality. So overall – um, and then Cousins, beyond that um, that pick where he overthrew Osborne, I mean, he we it was thirty of thirty seven. Um, it's the high, it's the second highest completion against Belichick, which that kind of threw me off. And I think the one that he must have been pissed at this too. But remember, for like two seasons, and especially that first season when the Dolphins could run the Wildcat, so they didn't throw the ball much. That's the only better completion. Um, and then Cousins under pressure again, but they only got four hits on the QB this time. Not, you know, 26, like, like the last two combined, 13 and 13. And, and I thought, like I said, beyond that overthrow, um, where his, he didn't have his footwork right, he was throwing darts, man. And, and to bounce back, we act, we were wondering, man, if you keep hitting the guy this many times, shit's going to change. And, uh, to his credit, he's, Still getting pressured. And also, by the way, the play calling, three-step drop, quick balls, much quicker balls this week coming out because they knew, hey, they're going to come at us even with Derrissaw, but without Derrissaw, we got to change it up. Now, would you like to have seen that? And to Coach KO's, you know, credit, he did say, I should adjust it quicker. I don't think anything would have mattered in that game, though, just the way you get your ass kicked. you got to just kind of take that one on the chin and say, hey, Coulda, woulda, now yeah, there's really not a coulda, woulda, shoulda. And we know, we talked about this before we hit record, we know coulda, woulda, shoulda as Minnesota sports fans. So we got our ass kicked in that game, but I did like how they changed it up a little bit, 
and got the ball out quicker, three more three-step drops, not having to go deep as much, but still hit on deep balls, but not relying on that, Aaron. And Thielen, the best game he had, I think, all year. Yeah, I mean, you got to think about it, Chris. We've Since our lifetime, it's been, you know, great wideouts. We started Anthony Carter when we were young. And then you get, you know, Chris Carter rolls in. Great wideout. Jake Reed and then Percy Harvin and Randy Moss. And now we got Justin Jefferson now. I bring that up to say that, you know, all week I've heard this comparing Randy Moss to Justin Jefferson. I know that some of the early numbers on Jefferson are, are there. Um, but I think we've crossed that thin line where it's we're getting to the point where some kids don't remember Moss now. And that's been that long ago. Um, and if you can remember Moss, it's night and day. It's apples and oranges to me anyway. You can maybe push back on that. I know the numbers are there, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. but it's a different animal. Now, I'm not taking anything away from Jefferson and what he's doing. I love what he's doing. He's doing his own way in a different way, and it's just as good, but yeah, it's uh, different. Great to say, a different way, yes. Yep. And Moss was a He's freak. not changing the league. No. You know, it's not, not changing the two. game of football. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, super freak is a real thing. I mean, yeah. this guy, what was he, 6'4", four, four, something Yep. Jump out of the building, uh, could catch anything. And was competitive as hell. He's really not. Now I'm not saying any. I'm not saying any of that to take away from Jefferson. He's got his attributes too, you know. But yeah, but don't, I'm just but saying. Don't let's. Do I don't want to compare. I don't want to compare. Yeah, exactly. I love them both, you know. And they can each have their own thing. And yeah. uh, it's kind of like the Rice Moss comparison, and that's a three-hour podcast we're not going to get into. <laughs> but you know, I always say one game against the aliens. You know what? I, I'm taking Randy. And, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's it, you know. Um, is Dion playing for uh, the Aliens or no? I got to no, know that. De- I'm taking Dion on my defense. Uh, <laughs> Hold on now. My no, corners yeah. are going to be like Dion and Daryl Green. Green probably, yeah. Um, but nonetheless, and then Cousins, you know, the step that he's making uh, is really quite something to see. He went from being kind of risk-averse to being sort of pushed into – taking risks by O'Connell and now sort of relishing in them at this point, it's kind of been an interesting stage to watch. Like, you know, last year he would check down because he didn't want to make a mistake and blah, blah, blah. This year, you know, O'Connell's kind of said, look, you need to hit this when I say hit this. And yeah. that's where the play's designed to do. We're not just going to protect it on our defense and play the conservative ball. The it might be risky. You might not love throwing it, but you got to give a guy a chance. And he's done that. And we've seen some scratch-your-head picks, too, this year, where you're like, okay, I'll take that. That's fine. Yeah, we've I'll lived with him. I mean, it's not nope. a thing, right? Because he'll nope. come back the next drive and and make some good throws. And like I said, he's throwing darts. He's much more confident. I think once he saw what Jefferson would do for him, he's like, okay. Yeah. I'm just gonna, I'll, I'll give you a shot and every time. You know? the play. He could change yeah. the play. He's allowed to change the play now. You know, like, which was just always ridiculous. I could, I still can't believe that. I respect these guys, but that's stupid, dude. We're in the pros. Why wouldn't you can't you can't change plays? That doesn't make any sense. That's called stubbornness. And now all season we've waited for uh, the Jefferson effect to rub off on the Thielen and work its way down, and it has officially three guys follow Jefferson across the field. Adams on the Mm. other side. Kirk sees it, hits him with the great ball. 
wide open in the middle of the field. We've got Jalen Rager. Um, great catch. Yep. TJ, by, too. He's taking advantage of that. Mm-hmm. And so now the Hawkinson thing. So the, things are starting to work off of the Jefferson thing, but they're still not going to leave him alone. They're still going to double and bracket him. So you're still going to find consistent other options. At least you yeah. should anyway, if you can find time. And that's the real thing. Get Darisaw back uh, and let this line go back to continuing its progress where it left off. And I think, you know, coming down the stretch, you could be in a pretty good spot. Big test, though, coming up. And, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I'm starting to think Cousins has another level. I know I want to say that very uh, reserved because I, 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 <laughs> well, I, I want it. I want it to be true. This year. You know, you know I, I think want... that's more of a second or third year in the, I know what you're trying to say. Though. Yeah. I do know what you're saying. I don't want people to take that wrong. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I mean, he even admits it. He even admits it, it you know, saying I can play better in this system. I, I'm not as good as I, I know I can be. So you're right. I yeah. I just want it to be true. You know, I, I think that it is though. Yeah, in, in real quick, we are fifth in attempts this year, and we're winning. Okay? A lot of people thought that was impossible. Um, fifth in attempts this year, pass attempts, that is, and tied for 27th in rush attempts. But more and more, we're starting to see, I'd say in the second half of the year, sure, we didn't get a lot of yards in this, this game, but we're starting to see that blend that he's talking about. Sure, I think we need to stick to the run a little bit more. We're not talking about run, run, pass. We're not talking about that. Um, some of these third and shorts, it's it's in between because we we still see some loss of yards, you know, um, when we run short short yardage. So we see that even that Buffalo game. I mean, look at how many damn you know, loss of yards we had in the red zone and first and goal within the five-yard line. So you know, we're, we're getting there, but, you know, a lot of people thought that Cousins couldn't be a top 10 attempts guy, period, and, which always was weird because it's like, well, did you know he almost threw for 5,000 yards against even a better offensive line? And that's part of it, too. We do have a serviceable offensive line, and but they're, they're just getting – this is a more quarterback-friendly system, and the beauty of it, sir, is, oh, we had a good play caller? Oh, he's not going to be – he's got to be a head coach someplace else. Yeah, no, the, the play caller stays here. Um you know, just so want that, to get that's that. fucking key, man. Because yeah, uh, I just want to get the screen game worked out because we need to have it. You know, it, if we're going to get consistent pressure in these situations, it's perfect to run a screen now. It just looks like timing's way off. It, whether it's yeah. the quarterback or maybe the rush is coming too quick or something, but I, it's just, it just an all year. Even the wide receiver screens aren't working. Yeah, out. that feeling, feeling didn't even know the ball was coming yet. And it's like, yeah. whoa, whoa, turn your fucking head around, dude. What are we doing? You know, yeah, yeah. you're right. It's all and tight end screens as well with 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 Hawkinson haven't worked. That's just maybe spend a, a couple days of practice on it and try to get it right because it's going to be very important going forward. I think. Yeah, I agree because it, it keeps happening to us. <laughs> um. So yeah, we do have a seven and four Jets team who uh, got a little spark on offense last week, 31-10. to 10. Now we know the Bears aren't the Bears' defense like they were. But, you know, because they came in, even in a win, they had 20 points, 17-3, 16, a couple here's, a couple theirs. They, they, they weren't playing that good coming in offensively uh, to that Bears game, but they, uh, well, they, they went nuts in the game. Um, 
And so now we got this random dude who doesn't have a ton of tape uh, coming in, assumingly, good old Mike White. And it's crazy, dude. Mike White is the fifth QB in Jets franchise to record, in their history, to record three touchdowns and 300 yards uh, in multiple games. <laughs> you have Ken O'Brien, good old Joe Namath, Richard Todd, and then Dick Wood. I don't remember Dick Wood, but I guess that's uh, – they have – we were talking about right before we hit record their plethora of wide receivers. You know, last week at half, Garrett Wilson had four uh, catches, 86 yards, two TDs. So they're coming in pretty hot. Um, and, and look at White at half, 16 to 20, 235, two tutties. So I mean, yeah, they're coming in hot. But once again, like we said, the you know blitzing and all that. It's like, hey, dude, you know. On, on one side, this defense is up there top five in pressures and sacks and all that, so we got to watch out for that. You know, like we said, that that would help if Derrissaw comes back. But let's put some pressure on this guy because even Zach Wilson or this guy, when he's played, because he has played a little bit in the last two years, there's a huge, huge major difference, okay, under pressure and clean. And we know that just in general. That's basic. But especially, like you said, with inexperienced guys, and it's time to apply some pressure on this this guy here. But um, right now, kind of vague um, with, you know, because it's Monday. We don't know who's going to be back. We assume Derisad now he'll have a full another week uh, to, to be healthy. Evans as well. We assume. One, if not both, will come out of the protocol because both were moving around in practice, and that's always like the the lightly moving type stuff. And that's always a positive when you come to a concussion uh, protocol. little vague with Tomlinson today. They were interviewing him. Um, he does have that calf injury. Uh, Doogie uh, Wilson came up and he said, you know, it's been four games now since he missed the calf. Uh, he's able to do more, and it's, you know, more and more daily, so he hopes he returns against the Jets. But it is kind of funky, and, and sure enough, he even points out they could have probably put him on IR for those four games. They just didn't realize, you know, how bad it would be. But it sure would be nice to get him back. Andrew Booth Jr. did have a minor uh, surgery on his knee. Um, it's one of those things where he explained it today. Coach uh, K.O. said, we don't really know. We got to see what it looks like now this week after the surgery, whether he'll come back or not. But is he going to come back? It'd be, you know, that good. Who knows? So, like we said, Duke Shelley, yeah, they're targeting him. They're going to target him this week. But at least he's making plays back, much like Evans when he was in there. So, hopefully Cam can come back. You know, he was he was out. He, you know, he, he was ruled out on the IR for four games. Hopefully he can go back. Uh, because at least he was having one of his best season so far in his third year. So um, big game, three point favorite, and we know it's at home. So that's a that's a pick 'em game. Forty five uh, point uh, over forty five and a half actually over under. It's kind of funny. I would have thought that we wouldn't have hit that over under last week, but all of a sudden both teams scored a lot. Um, they are okay at stopping the run. They're not great, but they do get after the quarterback. Um, it's time for the defense to have another good game. I agree. And 
you know, Mike White coming in on fire, like you said, uh, and the receivers and everything else going on. Uh, it's a plucky Jets club coming in. Who would have thought you'd say that in the beginning of the season? Um, but they are. They're playing well <laughs> their last game. They played really well, beat a good opponent. Um, and so you don't really know what you're going to get. It. It'll be cold here. They'll fly in and sleep, blah, blah, blah. It'll be a home game and the crowd and all that stuff. But they do have a good defensive line, which gives us a hard time every time. And, you know, Mike White seems to be a guy who can get the ball to receivers. That's going to be interesting with the Donna Shell and, and how that works out. They certainly have enough of those receivers. And I like the, the, the three points, but like you said, it's kind of a push them game. Um, you know, you got to feel like you're, you can beat the Jets at home, uh, regardless of Mike White or, or Zach Wilson or, or, uh, Ken O'Brien or, what was it, Dick Wood? <laughs> good old Dick Wood. Like, quality Dick guy, Wood, too. Yeah. Good guy in the uh, locker room, you know? So you got to think you can beat the Jets at home. Conklin had a great game, too, last time. So he he's definitely oh, familiar yeah. with, the, with the confines well, of the Well, the Jets year. got us. They, speaking of double dip, the Jets got us, dude. Oh, my God, they got us, dude. <laughs> they did that damn you. draft last year, and then they end up with our tight end. Oh, yeah. my God. So um, I like the Vikings here. I but it's not by much. I think three to seven is, is where you're at here. Um, I like what their defense can do against their offense. Now, bring Darisaw into the mix. I calm down a little bit. Um, Tomlinson, yep. a big help. Come down, you know, calm down a little bit. And then Caleb Evans, again, he comes in. Weird to say for a rookie with a few games under his belt, but I'd calm down a little bit, a little upgrade from Duke Shelley. And like you said, I think Duke Shelley's really held his own for what we've asked him to do and where he came from. Uh, he seems to make plays back and doesn't mind getting targeted as much or at least handles it well. Yeah, so, you're right. Um, you know, I like the Vikings here simply because they're at home. Uh, I hope that we can cool the Jets down, uh, no pun intended. And, um, and win this one, I think we will three to seven, probably a game in the twenties for each team, 28, 21, something like that. Hopefully we can keep their, keep their offense down to 21 or 28 points. Um, and I think we can score 30, we can score 30 on the bills. We can score 30 on these guys. Uh, we just have to play well and, and get together. So I like the Vikings. I'm going to say by seven, although I feel like probably closer to three and, and, uh, Let's call that six, and just in case we miss an extra point. I mean, that seems, you know. Did we have any workouts this week? Are we working out? Are we working out anybody? For Christ's sakes, the regular season's over for the ghosts. He can skip the. Uh, of course, he missed a, a field goal too. We won't get into that. Okay. Um. Yeah, I have a twenty-three twenty. Uh, Vikings as well. Um, until they beat a team by double digits. Which they did week one. Um, I'm not going to pick it. You know, I'm actually going under this week again. Um, so yeah, I got the bikes 23 20, uh, for a lot of the things you said as well, that it's a home game. We should be able to do enough. Um, it would be nice to win 30 to 20 or something like that or 30 to 17. Um, they're definitely capable of it. There's no doubt about that, but will they do it? Uh, maybe possibly, but I'm not going to pick it until then. So I'm with you. Um, Vikings 23-20 with six games left, man. Whew. Ten yeah. and two would be something else. It's still just crazy to think <laughs> nine and two, man. It, it, it's phenomenal. They've had a great, great season. All right. 
it's the time. We got the double dip. We talked about the double dip. Can we get two wins for our Vikings and Gophers? And they brought the axe back, back to back, um, three out of our five games. And, and you know, we, we've caught up to Iowa. We haven't passed them. Uh, we need to beat them. Um, but we've definitely caught up, and I'm not going to say passed, but we've caught up to Wisconsin, beating them three out of five. And two of those were on the road, because remember 2018 was on the road. With that team, you could see the potential in that team, and then they broke out in 2019. Kind of feeling like that to end this year a little bit. And a lot of it is on, you know, not losing four out of your five starters and four out of your six depth on offensive line. And then we know both of our ends, two of our D tackles, two out of three that play anyway, we lost so much in the trenches. Um, I got to admit, I am still more disappointed about last year because I thought, you know, if you compare Illinois games, that last year was more winnable. And then the goddamn Bowling Green. Like, you can't – we can never lose to that type of team anymore. We already got that out of our system. So, yeah, it's a little bummer, you know, we, we that we didn't get to the conference final. It would have been a great year. Somehow fucking Iowa lost to Nebraska, even though they, you know, won four in a row and looked like they turned the corner. Purdue kind of just backs in. It came down to that freaking Purdue game, which is crazy. But um, it is what it is. It's always good to close with a win over Wisconsin. Um, definitely going to go take another picture with that thing. I didn't take it last time. I did in 2019 that summer. So I definitely – maybe we can meet up and go take a picture with that axe uh, at the spring game or something. But, um, yeah, I'll never get sick of it. I'll never get sick of beating Wisconsin, my friend. Yeah, I can't get sick of that. It's kind of a cherry on top of any season. And and you had a lot to say about, you know, what we lost last season. Now, last season I think is a whole different ball game if, if, if uh, Mo was healthy all season. Um, but – he wasn't, so woulda, coulda, shoulda. This year he was, and we still lost a couple games <clears throat> that we probably shouldn't. Like you said, it came down to that Purdue game. I'm not really bent out of shape about this season. Yes, it would have been nice to, uh, I guess we kind of off mic talked about, if you beat Purdue and then you beat Iowa or any two of the three with throw Illinois in there, um, you're looking at a 10-win season. Um, and that's more like – probably what we thought we could have got out of this year, but things happen. It's the way it is. And now the big 10 ever changing things are, you know, Nebraska is probably going to be a little bit better. Illinois on the rise. Michigan state ain't going to be down for long. And so there's a lot, you know, churning right now. Nebraska could, you know, get good. We don't know. Purdue could improve. There's a lot going on. So it's got a legit coach now too. No, that's where the, rubber meets the road because this season we have uh, the Packers with a crappy season and a regressing Badger team. So it's kind of like uh, a role reversal here with Minnesota and Wisconsin. They've, you know, mm. they have everything. Yeah. We have nothing. And all of a sudden we have everything and, and they have nothing and refreshing. But um, yeah, I mean, right. I just don't know how long Wisconsin's going to stay down. I mean, I think that they've regressed and can they pop back up to, almost top tier college football program. Um, I think they were high tier two at one point. Um, can they do that again? It, it's going to take a lot of different things. Uh, 
you know, they kind of rode that wave with the Alvarez thing for a long time and just kind of hoping that, that they stay down a little bit and kind of come back to earth a little bit, help us out in the West. But, um, like I said, overall the season, you know, there was no bowling green quote unquote this year, but there was, you know, a Purdue game we should have won. Iowa might be our bowling green this year, considering they lost to, like you said, Nebraska. Um, yeah, but bowling green, come on, man. That's like, yeah. that's like one of the worst out of 131. That's not one of the worst. So. So a very disappointing loss there, though, because if you had a year to beat him, you're going to beat him this year. Now, that doesn't mean you can't beat him next year, but, you know, would have helped us to get to nine wins. Would have done a lot as a bad loss. I know PJ's probably still hitting himself over the head about it. I know the press is and Twitter is and everything else. But he just beat Wisconsin for the second year in a row, beat them on the road. Um, that's quite an accomplishment uh, if you look back through Gopher Past. And I'm pretty proud to say that, we have the axe for two years in a row, and now Wisconsin has to work to get that thing back. And, yeah, we'll go down and get a picture with it anytime you want. I just don't know where it's going to be, but you tell me and I'll show well, up. Well, it's at that. It's right by the uh, – I mean, it's not there. They take it, you know, across the state and stuff like that too. But it's it's in the uh, – it's right by the stadium. There's like a – there's like a, you know, a display, huge display, kind of like a – you can buy sweatshirts and hats and all that too. But there's like a – you know, memorabilia place where you just go walk in there and there's all sorts of different stuff in there. So sure. like you said, though, I mean, it is what it is. I don't think the Iowa loss was a bad thing. You come back I next year, Chris, it's, you know, we talked a little bit about this as well. You know, PJ has a tendency and the program has a tendency to, you know, integrate guys for next year in during the, the prior season. So not only the quarterback, which I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about, but, some of the defensive players um, that you're you – know, so you're not looking at a new squad, like, who's this guy and where'd this guy come from? I mean, you might get some transfers or you might get a freshman on the rise, like a true freshman, but you don't see a lot. I mean, Justin Wally, I think, is the last true freshman we saw play uh, significantly uh, last year. And this year you just got a little bit of a preview of the running back, and then that's about it. And uh, so you kind of know what's coming next year, and, and you know, it was, I think it was a pretty – pretty classy move for Tanner to I'm sure if Tanner would have pressed he probably could have played these last few games um but I think it's pretty classy for him to at least uh take it with uh you know in a good way and not you know be a, a headache uh watching Ethan come in and play these last games because he needed the experience you know we laughed a little bit about him getting thrown into Penn State on a whiteout it's like it can just go you know see what you can do um, but, uh, I think it, for the long run and particularly next season, uh, it's invaluable experience. And I think he showed pretty well and he played really well against Wisconsin and on the road. And that's a feather in his cap. And it kind of makes us a little more optimistic about our prospects for next season. Yeah. I mean, you don't get too many 300 yard passing games in general. But especially against the Wisconsin defense, he made some – I mean, in, in the wide receivers stood out as well. And um, he made some plays that, you know, Morgan's just not able to do, whether it's his arm strength, zipping it in there, or just his, you know, his, his mobility. There's a couple times where he was getting hit and released at first down, made a big, big play. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's now it's 62-62-8. It's the longest – 
FBS. You got the FSC or FCS, sorry, in the FBS. That's the FBS is 131 teams, and then the rest are basically the the football bowl system. And then they have you know the championship series where they they have 16 teams and go at it. But uh, it's the longest one out of major football. Auburn, Georgia's 127. North Carolina, Virginia, which I was surprised. Um, that's 127. Cincinnati, Miami, Ohio, I knew was, it's for the victory bell. I knew it was old, but 126 times they've met. 132 times, like I said, 62, 62, and 8 now. Um, that is pretty huge. And, you know, if you look at it, this is Ryan Burns, who does a good job for Gopher stuff. 21 and 13 in the last four years of Big Ten play, which it was only Big Ten play in, uh, in a year in COVID 2020 where, you know, we were depleted with like 30, you know, guys out. Um, and, and if you look at the, the, just the wins, a winning season, the lack of winning seasons in Big Ten play, I think people kind of forget about that. Um, we can go off the nine wins. If we win a bowl game, that'd be nine wins, three out of the last four years, as it happened since 1905. We're doing stuff we didn't normally do. By the way, there was 54 people, this is the gopher, gopherhole.com, 54 people ejected 16 arrests at that Badger game, so they were not that happy, it sounds like, with that. But more transfer portal news, uh, Cage Keys, a defensive tackle who hasn't really played much, did transfer. Uh, I'm assuming the wide receiver, there's going to be one, if not two wide receivers leaving for two reasons, right? One, and we talked about this right before we hit record, Michael Brown-Stevens has been a playmaker at times, but he's also dropped the ball a lot. And uh, when you get this uh, Brockington, who's, you know, like 205 and, and was the one who took that slant, um, you know, to the house and made some plays in the last few ball games that made me think, wow, you know, now – Brown Stevens, his you know his playing time has gone down from this dude. And when you're in the doghouse, when the head coach is a wide receiver, that's we saw that with Zim and cornerbacks. You know, it's not a good place to be. Um, so my guess is Stevens will leave. I wouldn't doubt if uh, if Dillian Wright left. I'm not sure. I hope not because he's a damn good receiver. Uh, uh, you know, and I believe the red, medical redshirt. I think we'll get Autumn. Bell. When you look at Jackson, who who was basically our number one receiver once Autumn Bell, so we won the Big Ten because Autumn Bell didn't play in the in the Big Ten season. Daniel Jackson, Jillian Wright, Brogington, and then the transfer porter popped off uh, with Marcus Allen, who has three years eligibility, by the way. So, you know, when some of these older guys leave, he'll still be here. This is a guy I remember you know, from two years ago in recruiting world, I couldn't believe Wisconsin got him. Michigan, Michigan State, some other pass-happy teams like Wake Forest, um, they were after him. So I was pretty surprised. And, you know, they do have a deep threat there. I don't know exactly why he left, but it's a full, full wide receiver, you know, uh, room. And we have a legitimate one as long as he gets the red shirt coming back because he, he's made a lot of good plays. And then we got these young guys that are really starting to develop. And we, I mean, there's not a better quarterback in my mind. We got to see the, you know, the transfer portal for uh, Nebraska and Wisconsin. But 
There's not a better quarterback. Maybe he's even with O'Connell and some other guys, but I don't think going, I mean, we haven't even seen what he's capable of doing. And he met, you know, the quarterback and, and he's a real true. We said that we knew that from the start. He's a RPO. He can actually run an RPO and, it, and it's a run threat. And when he gets out there, he'll pick up 20 yards. He's not going to, you know, he'll pick up some speed. So I, this is our best quarterback we've had in a long time, just off potential. And when you see the start of the season, he got some wins and everything. And now to get a win on the road, I just think this, the sky's the limit. Now he's going to get another year in the strengthening, you know, conditioning. A lot of these guys will. And then another, all those spring practices, even if he doesn't play in the bowl game, maybe they do allow Tanner to go out. He's still going to get most of the reps, you know, in these spring, or not spring practices, but the uh, bowl practices, have another spring game. Have another whole off season in the summer when they do a lot of seven on seven, getting that timing right. I and now they trust them, you know, because there were things that they wouldn't trust Morgan to do, and that is tough in certain games. You have to pass the ball early in the game on first down when you need to do it, and this is something that we did in 2019. We did it up until 2019, actually, because remember in those years, first couple of years, the defense was the problem. They're giving up crazy points. So the sky is, you know, on the up and up. Things are looking good. I'm not going to say sky's the limit, but I, I think we got a chance to have a really good – in the fact that we don't lose as many guys in the trenches, uh, only one off the defensive line. That's ends and tackles. That's a big, big deal. Um, yeah, we lose the center, but other than that, we don't lose, like, top-notch guys like we did last year on the old line. So – I, I think we're going to be in good shape, my friend. It does look up and up. I, you know, you think about kind of expounding on your point about throwing on first down. I mean, that's the option that we have now. Like you said, we did in 2019. I think we threw a little bit more, even if it's the slants or the outs. It's fine as long oh, yeah. as you can move the ball on first down other than running it. <clears throat> and if you rode Mo for all you could get for him for at least a couple, three seasons here, uh, some – outrageous amount of carry numbers uh through yeah. these games and uh you know if he goes on to the pros which he probably will i hope he, he has a good career there and i don't know if he'll play in the bowl game but if he does uh you know i think it all depends on the opponent really if tanner and those guys play but i don't think pj wants to drop any game and if he has a chance to win i think he'll play who he needs to play to win but um yeah i mean the the fresh running back looks good the freshman so i mean it all looks like the cupboards aren't bare and you've got a chance to come through the West again next year, a different West, obviously, but um, Illinois, everybody's, they're not going to sneak up on anybody next year. And uh, so I think you're up there with, with the favorites at this point uh, to get to the, to the West, uh, to win the West next year, at least you're in the running and, and that's all you got to, you got a chance. Um, and then after that, well, things get crazy with the two additions, but, to the big 10. But yeah, I mean, things look good. I, I really like Ethan. I don't want to, you know, I want to see continued improvement because I think that's where we got in a problem with, with Morgan is, you know, a lot of potential. And then we kind of plateaued and we never really got over that plateau with him. He just kind of stayed where he was. And I like the running options that Ethan has. And I like a lot of different stuff, but we'll see how it progresses. Like you said, he'll have the off season. He'll have spring ball. He'll have the team. It'll be his team. He'll know Tanner won't be in the building. Um, so 
you know, things look up. And like I said, we don't lose a lot of people, knock on wood, with the transfers. And and so with what you have now, it seems like you're going to be very competitive in the West next season, and, and that's good. I mean, that's all we asked for for any gopher coach back in the day when we were winning two to three games a season. It's just be relevant and be competitive and, and maybe every once in a while pop up and have a great chance uh, to win the West or, or, or even more than that. And that's what I think. Yeah, that's what I think we've got here. And so I just want people to slow down a little bit in their criticism of, of the program. Now, I'm not saying, you know, don't expect a lot of them. You should expect a lot of them, but at the same time. Yeah, you can be critical, sure. You know, know that, you know, it's a lot, it's a, it's a different college football atmosphere when you're a relevant team in a big conference. Yeah, and this has been the Vikings down, you know, uh, for quite some time. So, um, yeah, overall, though, I just think the difference, you don't need, you know, all conference type wide receivers if you got a quarterback. We saw once those guys left, Tanner just, in, in, like I said, Autumn Bell, last year he played more games, but he left like three of them. You know, he's, he, he was hampered for the season. If we could just keep these skilled players healthy, you know, when you got a better quarterback that can throw the ball with oomph, you, you know, like I said, you don't need Bateman, you know. You don't need it as much to win games. I mean, are you going to be the 27th ranked? I think we're, seven, we're top 30 in both offense and defense. No, I don't think we're going to be 30th in scoring or 27th in scoring. But as you saw in some of these games, you don't I – mean, a lot of times you don't even need to put up 30 in some of these games. So it's just at the right time, making the cl- – you know, keeping a drive going, not three straight runs and, oh, let's punt, or it's fourth and long, what are we going to do? Or fourth and two, we got to run, you know. So, yeah, man, I'm 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 definitely looking up and up. And, and so, yeah, the next – he's got three years eligibility, so – um, and I, and I think we, we have a good coordinator if he trusts the guy, you know, and, and you could tell, you know, this last game when they needed it, they, they were not afraid. They threw 29 times, which is a lot. And, and that says a lot because, you know, the last couple of times we had the ball, we were running it because we had to in that moment. So we, you know, we could have even had more pass attempts, but, um, yeah, man, let's, uh, let's hope for a Vikings victory. I think we should be able to get this job done, and we'll be back next Monday hopefully talking about a 10-2 and two squad. Peace.